before we get into today's episode, Season 2, Episode 17 of Roswell deals with themes of suicide. If you know that this is a sensitive subject for you, we would encourage you to skip this episode. If you ever need help or find yourself in a position where you need to talk, you can call 1-800-273-8255 to reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to My Sister Made Me View It, the Roswell 1999 edition. Uh, in case you missed the content warning at the beginning of this episode, this is going to be a heavy downer one. Just so you know, it's going to be real sad. But also so you know, just the way Emily and I cover stuff, there are still going to be some goofs, but we'll try and be lighter on the goofs than we normally would. Well, my name is Emily, and I should be working on my book. My name is Megan, and I need to apologize for putting some energy into the world that all came true in this episode. (laughs) But instead... We're making a podcast? We're making a podcast? So, this... I'm not saying I was waiting for this episode... But this episode, Roswell Season 2, Episode 17, Cry Your Name, is one of the formative episodes of my youth. So you knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. And listening to you talk about, oh, 217 is my lucky number. Oh, 217 is prevalent. Oh, I can't wait to see what happens in 217. Meg, what did you guess was going to happen in 217? Um, well, I guessed there was going to be a major character death. <laughs> and I was 100% correct, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did end on a cliffhanger. So I'm not sure if it was a setup or trick. And there is also the possibility that... The death will stick, but we'll find out more about why it happened. So those are my... (laughs) Let's get into it, Emily. Uh, How loudly did I yell when it happened? Um, A lot. There was a lot of yelling, and I'm going to let you know that I did have the microphone on to catch your reaction. (laughs) But that was really loud. (laughs) So I'm going to put it in for our listeners to hear it now. Is this a flashback to Sweden? No, it's the sheriff. Is he in the police car again? He's the sheriff again. Oh, no. Yeah, again, I don't think they ever, like, properly showed us that happening. No. Hanson. What? Is it Amy DeLuca? Oh, my gosh, who's the body? Who is it? I'll take it back and get out of character death. Don't kill Amy DeLuca. (laughs) Emily, this is her real mom dead? What? <laughs> Why is there an alien holding a baby in the background? Uh, pregnancy, pregnancy thing again. Hmm. Emily, is Maria's mom dead? I listen. Do you want me to tell you? Or do you want to keep watching? <laughs> I'm gonna keep watching. Okay. But like everything points to yes. Oh my gosh, Emily! 
did I kill Amy Galuka? <laughs> I killed her with the power of my mind? Maybe it's her cousin. <laughs> so mean. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Yep, it's all you. And it's me saying, is it Amy DeLuca? Is Amy DeLuca's dead? Oh, it's gotta be Amy DeLuca. (laughs) Okay, I think that was interesting that you said that because the the sheriff is called uh, to... Uh, well should we start at the beginning let's start at the very beginning we got to talk about maria's intro into the episode it's pretty short but like you know how she wrote prom on the board last time she like Mm -hmm. totally erased it this time she did she did and i was actually really mad about this intro because it does not give you any hint of what is to come it instead talks about all the happy couples and how the last thing she says is Isabel and Alex, those crazy kids might have a chance. Oh. I was furious about that. Hey, that's pretty rude, actually. Yeah, it was. Because, you know, once once you have that, you start off with Alex and Isabel on the phone talking kind of lovey-dovey to each other because uh, Isabel, I mean, it's, it's post-prom, and Isabel has not lost interest. In fact, she her interest is stronger than ever and she's trying to convince Alex to come out and see her and hang out with her but you have Maria and Liz in the same room as Alex who are both like shaking their heads like no tell her you have to study and it turns out they're just trying to make it seem like Alex is hard to catch is is you know a good catch and and is unavailable and um yeah yeah sheesh you know, they're talking about it and talking about life and, and those sort of things. And it was kind of fun to see the three human friends get some time together. Just the another last, reminder of like the last time, time together. Yeah, uh, because they they take off and Alex is left to sign for his food Indian that he food. ordered. This is pre-Grubhub, pre-DoorDash, pre-any of that. And the food is cold when it gets there. And... And Alex kind of starts going off about, like, why does life have to be so terrible? And why is life so hard? Like, really, really, really disproportionate to what is going on. Yeah. And hold on, Meg. I got to look up the actor because he is. You're like, I got to know. I think it's, uh, he's Veronica Mars. Uh, No, that's actually Kirsten Bell. Okay, yes, I totally (laughs) get that. (laughs) Okay. If we're going with the murder theory, mm-hmm. I think Alex was being mind controlled. Okay. And he noticed it, which is why he wrote the ones and the zeros. Okay. All right. So this is, uh, so the character that shows up to deliver the food is Jason 
Doring, who I think is best known for playing Logan on Veronica Mars, uh, which I've never actually seen all the way through, I've but I recognize seen, his face. I've never seen any Veronica Mars. <gasps> Ooh, I think you'd like it. The stuff that I saw, I liked, but it's only like, I think I only saw like the first five episodes, but it was very compelling. Okay. Then we immediately, so that takes place late afternoon. And we immediately go to it's a it's an evening scene. It's very clearly the site of a of a vehicle vehicular accident, and the sheriff. You know, everyone emergency crews have been called to the scene, and the sheriff kind of jokingly says, "Oh, is it anyone I know?" Because there like there was one fatality. Yeah, it was a head on with a semi. Like it was very you know, mm-hmm. it was a very serious accident, and Deputy Hansen just doesn't say anything. And, like, a, the significant kind of doesn't say anything. Like, just... Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting watching this, knowing I knew who it was. Uh, because the sheriff leans down to look in the car, and, you know, his face acting is wonderful. And then we go to the scene in the Crashdown Cafe, uh, where one by one we see all the faces of our alien and human friends. But I found it interesting, Meg, that you immediately jumped to that it was Amy DeLuca. And why did you one first think that, and two, why did why were you convinced that was her? Uh, so because I didn't think they would kill a kid on this TV show. That was mm-hmm. my number one. But like adults in their lives are fair game. Um, mm-hmm. And I also Maria's reaction really like clenched it for me. Where like Sheriff tells her first because it's her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and. We had been talking last episode about, oh, Maria and Alex being siblings and, like, just all the the problems they're having right now with the nephew that I was like, oh, this is the perfect time for Maria to lose a parental figure and, and having to deal with independence and, like, having Michael there to coach her through it. So I had, like, a bunch of thoughts in, in that direction. Um, mm-hmm. And... I was so shocked when it was Alex because it just like happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was, there wasn't a lead up. There wasn't, I feel any clues dropped. It was just very extremely sudden. Which is why I yelled so loud when it's like, Alex is dead. And I was like, what the? Because <laughs> I just like, I just didn't, I did not see it coming at all. And I think that's that's effective storytelling. Like, because yeah. it's such a shock. They made it a shock for the audience the way it's a shock for the characters. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, oh, real fast. Emily, have you seen How to Get Away with Murder? No. Okay. At one point, someone in the main cast is murdered, but you do not know who. You don't see mm-hmm. the body. And only Viola Davis sees the body. And she mm-hmm. cries about it. And it yeah. was revealed that at that point, the writer's room hadn't decided who the body was. Mm-hmm. And so none of the actors even knew who it was going to be. Like, the death was going to be revealed much later. And so people were oh. asking Viola Davis about it, being like, how did you know? And how did you craft your performance? Like, it was just it was just a mannequin. And she's like, I went to Juilliard. <laughs> I know how to personalize a mannequin. <laughs> Acting. Acting. <laughs> so in, in modern day, when uh-huh. there's, 
you know, a new movie is coming out or a TV show or whatever. And people are just so hungry for news. Uh, so like I try to stay out of the news, like when a Marvel movie is coming out or, or, you know, things like that, because people are like, oh, so-and-so only signed for five movies and this is their fifth movie. And, you know, I hate going into something being like, oh, are they going to leave? Are they, you know? And so, uh, I think the shock of this primarily was also, I didn't know I wasn't involved with like that sort of news. And so when it came out, you know, I'm watching it, that it was Alex. It was a huge shock. It wasn't, oh, there wasn't anything. I mean, I don't know. I'll have to look this up. I don't know if there was something about his contract or, or if this was just always going to be part of the storyline or what. Um, and Emily, but I, I know. Was glad sorry. that I didn't know. Yeah. While we were watching it, I was like, you have to look up what people said about this episode. But I'm going to ask, mm -hmm. since this episode does have a bit of a cliffhanger, I'd mm -hmm. like to wait until next episode okay yeah okay will, uh, but also wait. we are watching the next episode tonight we're not recording but we are watching <laughs> okay. the next episode <laughs> okay you're just gonna have to stay you're just gonna have to be brave and stay up late okay i have to get up so early tomorrow, i know but i but i, I, I listen it. this is literally I, the first time ever where i'm like I we know. have to watch the next one now i'm not saying no ever <laughs> to this just so you know um so yeah, uh, the the credits come on, and our next scene is, which I think makes sense, is the whole group gathered by City Hall by the morgue. I did uh, as the. Oh, go ahead. I didn't check to see if he's still listed in the main credits. He was this episode because okay. he technically is still in this episode, yeah. so he does show up in the credits of this episode. So, um, last episode, I obliquely mentioned a uh a law tv show that i'm watching right now and mm -hmm. someone was literally shot and killed in the episode i watched today i've seen i've seen the show before but i won't go into spoilers and the episode following that death was very much like this one mm -hmm. with people you know imagining this character is still alive or having a dream about this character and thinking that they've survived and searching for the truth of what happened so like the protagonist of the lawyer show literally mm -hmm. doing exactly what Liz does this episode. Oh. Hunting down the last people who saw this character, spoke to them. They were on the phone. What were they talking about? They wrote something down. What was that about? And so this whole episode, I was going back and forth on whether or not Alex actually drove his car into the road on purpose or if there was something more nefarious behind it. And mm -hmm. honestly, my emotions were all over the place this episode. I'm like, is this a very special episode where we just discuss teen depression and teen suicide? Or was there something magically involved in this? Uh, it really reminded me of there's an episode of House. I can't remember which season, but um, there's a death on the main team. And they really believe it is a murder. But the more that they investigate, the the clearer it is that it was suicide. And so I'm like, this could go anyway but the scene i knew right away that michael sorry that max was not going to be oh, there goes my perfect episode record so sorry uh they go to the coroner's office all the kids as soon as they know and max is gonna try and revive alex's body i mean mm -hmm. yes i do mean alex you do yes and i knew that wasn't gonna work like it happened too early in the episode for it to work Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Um, so when this episode came out, um, it was a shock. And if you recall at the beginning of this podcast, me describing uh, how I watched this on the sly and would like go to friends' houses and watch it because we weren't allowed to watch shows on the week nights uh-huh. on school nights and so when i saw this i didn't really have anybody to talk about this oh. and i was just very sad for a very long time like this episode really hit me hard uh because i loved this show so much i loved everybody on it and so i was just really sad for a long time about alex like mm-hmm really sad for a very long time because I couldn't talk to anybody about it and like as I was sitting here watching it I started feeling like all that sadness again yeah and I, I heard cried you, yeah I heard yeah, you sniffling. yeah I cried through it it was it's it's a very well done beautiful episode I wouldn't suggest you show someone this for their very first episode of Roswell obviously but to me I felt like it was it was very well done they they show people handling grief very differently in the wake of like something that's very sudden, um, life-changing sort of a thing. I just thought they handled it. It's a, it's a heavy, heavy subject, and I thought it was handled well. Uh, the way that you're saying I was sad about Alex for a very long time makes me think they are not going to be able to reverse this. This. <laughs> like, it's... Like, I'd, I'd never experienced this before. Like, we, we'd watched Disney stuff. We had watched, yeah. you know, adventure stuff. But, like, to me, this was so, it was such a big deal. It was yeah. such a big deal that just, it was so different from anything I'd ever seen. And I'm not saying this episode is the reason I love Roswell. That's not it. But the feelings and the emotions that this episode and this series was able to create in my life, just, like, I just, I love it. I love it very much. Speaking of being sad for a long time, uh, mm-hmm. I would say the TV death that has hit me the absolute hardest was in The Magicians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say which character it was, but, you know, this is very, so like, I think the first book death I ever cried over was in a book called Pulgara the Sorceress. Mm-hmm. Because it hurt the main character's feelings so bad. But, like, the character mm-hmm. loss that hit me the hardest was in The Magicians because I binged. I had no idea about anything about the series. And I binged it all at the beginning of Pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, these were my comfort characters while I was locked alone in my apartment. And losing the character that I did in the manner that I did. That is definitely the the death that hit me the hardest. And all those feelings got brought back up today because of people talking about the current episode of the last of us and there's just some parallels to my favorite episode (laughs) of the magicians (sighs) and i i've known people who mock other people when a book character dies or a tv character dies of just like they're not real how dare how can how can you mourn something that's made up but i feel that we're empathetic people like humans are an empathetic group Mm -hmm. um and i don't know i think that speaks very highly that we can empathize and and feel sorry for Mm -hmm. other people and what they're going through and so like if anyone ever makes fun of you for that please don't listen to them please just know that like yeah these people feel like we feel like we know them we feel like we've interacted with them we 
It's fine. Hi, everyone. I'm here to warn you. <laughs> if you ever watch <laughs> anything I do. Don't do it. That's first of all. Well, yes, watch it. <laughs> no, <but laughs> please. I am a fan of the shocking character death. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of a there's no way this character will die. And mm-hmm. Emily, I will say one of the reasons I was laughing so hard when the sheriff said it was Alex is I'm like, those crazy sons of <laughs> they did it. <laughs> um, I personally love the there's no way this character will die taking that character out. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fair warning. But I also like to have a balance between like dramatic last goodbye and leaf on the wind scene from Firefly. Yeah, it's, oh, I understand that like art and movies, it's all about telling a story and how your audience reacts and things like that. And when it's well done, like it's something you don't forget. It's not like, ew, it made me cry. I don't like it. Well, I mean, for some people it might be like that. But for me, it's just like, wow, I was able to like lose myself so completely in this story that it like, I felt like I was there. It did such a good job at its world building and storytelling and things like that. And so. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Sorry. While we're on this, I am all for reading stories that make me sad on purpose. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of value in emotional release from fiction, both like Mm -hmm. anger and sadness i find it very valuable basically to help to help regulate my own emotional tank that i have Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um because you know if you if you don't cry for a long period of time it actually affects your mood and brain chemistry and that Mm -hmm. there have been this is so cool there have been studies shown that tears have a chemical composition based on what brings them up So, like, Mm -hmm. sadness is different from tears of anger is different from there's an irritant in my eye. So you guys should look Mm -hmm. that up because that's really cool. And one of the reasons why – I don't know if any of you have ever had the experience of having a really hard cry and then feeling better after that Mm -hmm. is is a literal brain chemistry thing. It reboots Mm -hmm. part of your emotional system. So I think it's very valuable to experience – stories that are emotionally more harrowing than your day-to-day life because when the harrowing things do happen you one your body knows how to move through something like that mm-hmm. and two it can also provide an escape if you're feeling that like stymied in your own personal emotions so that's my thoughts mm-hmm. on it i will say my my movie that I use to regulate my emotion when I feel like, hey, I need to cry, is Inside Out. Ooh. And it's not it's not bing bong, even though that is very sad. It's not bing bong. It is when Joy is crying and uh, because she has just lost all hope. I cried in the theaters. I cried on the way home. I had to pause because we went grocery shopping with uh, one of my sisters. And then I drove home and cried when I got home in the car again it was just like it was very moving and I it's just hats off my hat is off to you guys that created that 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 image so there's a couple for me it's if if I need to cry there's a couple songs that I go to Mm -hmm. um and another one is actually there's an episode of Rui's Royal Love in the Palace 
and mm-hmm. it's a villain that dies. Like, it's a character I hate. But by the oh. time it finally comes, you just feel so badly for them for how their life has gone. It gets me every time. Oh, see, that's great. That's well-rounded storytelling. And listen, some people aren't into it, don't get it. That's totally fine. It's just something that I'm really appreciative of. So there's many sad scenes in this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, after after the fact that it's revealed Max can't bring Alex back, uh, we go kind of into the next day after everyone kind of goes their own way. And uh, Kyle is still sleeping on the couch. And he gets up and he does his, you know, push-ups and everything. Uh, but he's, I mean, he's really, they do a really good job. I feel like in some TV shows, it's just like, okay, we had to get rid of this character. Let's move on and never talk about them again. But I love that they really took the time one emotionally and also like character building moments of how they're reacting to the loss of a friend and Kyle is sad and he's not trying to hide it but he's just sad and his dad comes in and Meg you guessed this I thought that was so funny that you guessed this but his dad is saying hey there is going to be a very important distinction today it's that Alex died yesterday he didn't die today and I know it's going to be hard but please don't let that not overshadow, but don't let this become part of today and in, in, a, in a better way. Yeah, but we find out it's Kyle's birthday. Yeah, so my two guesses were it was either Kyle's birthday or it was the anniversary of his mother's death. Now, mm-hmm. I, I do not know if Kyle's mother is dead. <laughs> do we know? I don't remember. Okay. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I don't remember. We've got Kyle, we've got um, Isabel, who's dreaming about Alex again, and everything everything is fine, and she's woken up by her mom, and, you know, realizes that's just a dream, and Maria and her mom are sitting on the couch, yeah, Maria and her mom are sitting on the couch, both mourning together, again, love the dynamic with Maria and her mom, love it. They are on, you know, because it's someone that they both knew. It wasn't just like, oh, it's my daughter's friend. It's, no, this boy grew up in our lives. He's been a part of our life. And I just really liked the way the scene was set up that Maria and their mom are both mourning together on the couch. Yeah. Um, And Michael's there taking care of everybody and swapping out tissue boxes, like just really taking care of them. When the phone rings and it's Sean. And that's when Michael reveals to Sean what has happened. And my and Sean is just like, I can't be there for a few days. Will you take care of my family? Like, there's no posturing. There's no machoism. It's just, these people need help. I cannot be there. I trust you to take care of them. Because Sean would have known Alex from growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, there. th- there's interactions between them. Like, when Alex is showing pictures of his time in Sweden at Liz's house, Sean shows up and... Uh, there's some banter back and forth with him and Alex that, you know, shows that as well. But uh, Max calls Liz to see how she's doing. And uh, her mom reveals that Liz isn't there. She doesn't know where Liz is. And turns out Liz went to the junkyard to find Alex's car. Like, I, Liz has way more gumption than me. Like, I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine going to like something like that and doing like she's, she's in detective mode. 
She wants to find out what happens. And I think this is perfect for Liz's character because as the scientist, quote unquote, she wants answers. She's not emotionally driven, even though she has emotions, she's not a robot. But I thought this fit her character so well that she went looking to get the concrete answers, went to the source, like perfect, A+. plus. Yeah, and and like Maria is just, throughout the episode, Maria is devastated and doesn't want to talk about anything. And like Liz has the absolute opposite where she's like, there's more to this and I'm not going to stop, you know, interacting with it and talking about it and searching for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But she goes and she finds Alex's car and the Al, uh, Mer- and now I'm doing what you're doing. Uh, it's Liz- catching. <laughs> it's catching. Liz finds the picture of, uh, that we've seen before of Alex and his girlfriend in Sweden, but Alex's head is cut out of it. And Ooh. yeah, we don't know what, what that's about. Okay. Okay. I have a theory. Go for it. My theory is, if it was not a murder, Alex was working on a collage of himself and Isabel. So he cut the head off on purpose, but he's making a gift for Isabel with it. Mm-hmm. All right. I love that. I love that. If it was an alien murder, mm-hmm. Alex is realizing that someone is controlling his actions telepathically. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to warn people that he is not, he's literally out of his mind. Someone else has taken it. Like a yerk situation. Okay, I was about to say, do you think it's more of a yerk or do you think it's more of a Brody situation where he, they get oh my gosh, possessed? It, it could be deeply similar to Brody. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this. these theories you're, you're throwing out there. It's really Thank fun you. to hear. Because, listen, they had me up until the very end of the episode. I'm like, okay, no, this is going to be a very special episode because people who live with this kind of very terrible depression uh, will mask and, like, hide this from the people around them. And so it usually comes as a huge shock when this happens because I'm going to stop and check in. Emily, are you okay with us talking about stuff like this through the episode? Yes. I will let you know if we need to, like spin off in a different direction okay um is it's usually common in the days leading up to a suicide attempt that there will be an outpouring of love and affection from this person because they've made up their mind and they're trying to like get all their unfinished business unfinished so it usually does come as a shock when someone commits suicide yep um throughout the rest of the episode we're seeing again people's different reactions to that sort of thing like Isabel is blaming herself very clearly. She's like, if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't encouraged him to come out, it's my fault, my fault, my fault. And her mom does this really great job of like, honey, it was an accident. Because like, if you try and put that on yourself, like, oh, if only I'd done something different, or if only I hadn't gone here, if only I hadn't done this, like you cannot control the universe as much as like me and my like type A personality wants to. Well, apparently I can control the universe. You did control the universe. (laughs) You need to wield that power, like, respectfully, okay? Okay. okay. (laughs) Calm down for the next episode. Okay. But I liked what they kind of put across is, like, 
if you take on the blame for all the bad stuff that happens, that puts way too much blame on your shoulders. That has nothing to do with you. Like things happen. They just happen. And that's just what happens. And it took me a long time to realize that, that sometimes things just happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as, as everyone's going through, um, you know, through it, Valenti is doing his job finally. Uh, Listen, I say finally, he's been doing a good job, you know, before this. Uh, But more and more signs are pointing to Alex doing this on purpose, Alex swerving into traffic on purpose. And it's making Jim really, really sad because no one likes to think that someone that they know was suffering like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, people at school are people at school are, are putting stickers on Alex's locker. They're, you know, putting a, a, I guess a shrine out like people are signing, you know, posters and, and putting flowers and things like that. And again, I'm just going to keep harping on everybody's different reactions where like, uh, to me, Max has a reaction where he's sitting and talking to Tess and he's talking about how surprised he was. Like he's talking about the very visceral reaction he had to seeing, you know, Alex's body as he's trying to heal him, what it felt like, that sort of thing. And, and to me, it sounds like Max is still in shock. He's not allowing, like, I mean, like it's, it's a situation no one ever wants to be in. And he really starts mourning and crying, feeling comfortable enough to do that with Tess when everyone else comes up and he stops crying. And I'm like, no, I will say that scene has made me feel the most like Liz and Max are like this episode has made me feel Liz and Max are more over than any Mm -hmm. of the back and forth throughout the show so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maria is really sad that, uh, well, she's really angry that people are acting like they knew Alex and they cared about him, which I totally get. Like sometimes when like uh, a tragedy happens or whatever, people are like, Oh, like they, they try and make themselves more connected to the situation or the person than they really were. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a coping mechanism or, or something, but I mean, some people do it maliciously. Some people just, that's what people do sometimes. And the delivery guy is actually doing that where he's like, Oh, it was crazy. And he's really exaggerating what's going on. Uh, and Liz confronts him about it, like straight up confronts him about it. Oof. Oh, Megan, I wanted yeah. to tell you, you know where else we've seen this guy? He is not Veronica Mars. Who is he? No, he is not. He is in Kingdom Hearts. What? Is that David What's-His-Bucket? What's uh, David Gar... What's the actor's name? Uh, the actor's name is... Hold on, sorry. Jason Doring. Jason Doring. Uh, is he a member of Organization 13? I don't know, but I can tell you the name of his character. <laughs> Give me the first can letter. Give me the first letter of the name of his character. It's T. T? Yeah. He can't voice Tron. That doesn't make sense. No. <sighs> Does he have two different names in Kingdom Hearts? It doesn't say on imbd.com. What? His name starts with T. Yep. I have no and idea who this could be. Could I get a hint? Yeah, he's in Kingdom Hearts 2.8 and Kingdom Hearts 3. This is Tara? What? That's Tara? 
It is Tara. That's Tara's voice actor. Oh my god! I don't know who that is, but yes. okay, you know this the the girl with blue hair. Mm-hmm. That's Aqua, and Tara's the boy, the taller guy with brown hair. Oh, that is okay. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you knew who it was. Okay. Oh, telling me which game he was in was very helpful. You're welcome. Um, But Liz, as she's talking to him, is telling him, hey, you tell me anything you can think of. Any, you know, anything at all. And he's like, okay, sorry. Yes, I will do that. And then in the meantime, Isabel drops a huge bombshell. Sorry, now I'm whistling Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to tell him what the bombshell was? Yes, she finally tells everyone that she is graduating early. Uh, and is leaving for college, also as I predicted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's just like, I'm done. This is it. Goodbye. This is a terrible timing. I understand that. Because she initially had decided to stay. Um, I don't know if we mentioned that in the last episode, but she decided to stay and graduate with everybody. But now she's just like, nope, I'm out of here. Thank you. Goodbye. And that's just not, I mean, Maria straight up says, do we have to talk about this now? Like, I love Maria. Yeah. Yeah, uh, things that go on, again, the sheriff is seeing more and more evidence that this was done on purpose, you know, and and uh, Liz goes to Max's house because she doesn't know where else to go. I mean, Sean's not there. I, I would have been interested to see how Sean would have handled this. But Max makes her some comfort food, makes her mac and cheese. And, Max and cheese. <laughs> and they start talking and reminiscing about all the things that Alex did and the things they remember about him. And and I almost feel like at this point, Liz is feeling too many things. And she goes back into, um, back into facts mode where she's like, oh, hey, Max, I saw you at Tess kissing. Just so it's out in the open. It's fine. I'm fine basically don't ask me about it anymore like she kind of shuts all of that down it's very it's a really interesting scene they again they spend a lot of time on this there's the funeral scene and they don't skimp on it it's it's a full out you know the the boys are asked to be pallbearers like they are very involved with the funeral because it was their friend and they make maria sing the longest, slowest song all alone. Mm-hmm. Whew, she's doing Amazing Grace. And she's like multiple verses in deep. Like, I don't think she's just singing this as a sample. I think she's really <laughs> singing all 12 verses of Amazing Grace. <laughs> so we have a large extended family. So whenever there is a funeral in the family, usually we're asked to do something at the funeral. You know, someone's always asked to speak or we're asked to sing, that sort of thing. I don't do well like I I I don't I don't do well at at funerals at all uh and so like I remember we were like the grandkids were all asked to sing at one of the funeral and I just had to mouth the words the whole time so like kudos to Maria for getting through the whole song yeah but yeah that's when I started crying was at the funeral and I don't think I stopped until almost the end of the episode and I will say awards for me. 
I only really, really laughed at the beginning of the episode, and I think I was fairly appropriate for most of it. You were. I was so impressed with you. Thank you. I was just... Because eventually I was telling her, because I wasn't saying anything. Like, this episode really hit me hard, again, Mm -hmm. because past experiences. um, And... I was just, I told, I told Megan, I'm like, I'm not talking. That's not because I'm upset about you or anything that you're doing. Just know I cannot interact at this point. So they have a really nice moment because remember we did meet, uh, we did meet Alex's dad in the camping episode who was like this, who's the card, who's the, the doctor in, uh, in Treasure Planet. Oh my gosh, Dr. Delbert Doppler. That's who he reminded me of. Go Delbert. Go Delbert. <laughs> but he's out there. The dad's out there standing there. And he is a tall man, like NBA basketball player tall. And Liz comes up to like just above his elbow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But um, they have a nice moment together. And she asks if she can go sit in Alex's room. And he was like, yeah, I haven't actually been able to bring myself to go in there yet. And so Liz is sitting there because she's she knows at this point that the sheriff is looking to label this a suicide. And she doesn't believe that. She doesn't believe that's what happened. And so she's talking out loud to Alex and asking for help to, you know, to point her in the right direction to help prove that this isn't what's really happening. And she finds it. She finds what she's looking for. And it's concert tickets that he apparently had bought the day that, you know, this accident had occurred. And it was for a few days from from then. And that is her proof that Alex wasn't planning on killing himself because mm-hmm. you don't do that. You don't make plans if you don't plan to be there. And this kind of creates a rift in the friend group because Liz is convinced that Alex's death was not an accident she's convinced that it was murder and so she starts throwing out like well you know who do we know that you know we'd be in danger from and meg you're convinced that it was the fbi that came in and is doing shenanigan times yeah i mean i know that um agent what's his bucket is dead Mm -hmm. but we know other aliens have infiltrated government everything Mm-hmm. With the congresswoman. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's an option for them. But another option is Liz throws it out and says aliens. And that really offends everybody. Well, it offends Max and Isabel mostly. Yeah. But Liz is kind of throwing out. It almost seems like she's grasping at straws. But at the same time, like she's put a lot of thought into this. Where she's like, maybe this is Kivar. If we remember, that's Valandra's true love. And she's like, maybe she saw, maybe he saw Isabel with Alex. And and he's the one that did this to get, you know, Isabel back to the home planet. And like all of these things. And Isabel just freaks out. Because I think she's, she's worried that if it has anything to do with her, like she's never going to be able to forgive herself. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. So, so I, I was pretty convinced that we were going to end the episode with Liz hitting acceptance. And Mm -hmm. um, when we cut to her in the crash down, putting together her clues 
and we start getting a montage of Alex's greatest hits, I'm like, oh no, this is the show saying goodbye to the actor. So, Mm -hmm. like, I think Alex is is actually gone. And Sherry Apple, what's her last name? Appleby. Okay. Sherry Appleby does a really wonderful job slowly breaking down here. Mm-hmm. I would like a, uh, I would like to shout out my favorite previously on is uh, Alex doing that thing where he wraps his arms together and puts them over <laughs> his head. Something I mm-hmm. was unsuccessful in my attempt to do. <laughs> um, but she is interrupted by Tara from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Who's Emily, if the Kingdom Hearts prequels were the Star Wars prequels, he's Anakin. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine Anakin Skywalker coming to do this scene. Um, He brings Alex's receipt that was completely written in ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm going to freeze frame when this receipt is shown and I'm going to type it into a binary translator because I am okay. pretty sure this is a binary code. So give me a second. Binary okay. translator. Now, I'm not a genius like Liz who just <laughs> knows things. But here mm-hmm. we go. It is 111-001-001-0011-011-001. And it is the German letter I. A with an umlaut above it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now that doesn't help. Wait. It's every eight spaces. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, that's... I feel like the Illuminati is lurking nearby. Listen. It's nothing. It's the letter A with an umlaut above it. Okay. <laughs> let me try something else. I'm going to try uh, Morse code. Morse code translator. Okay. So, uh, type your message here. Normal text or Morse code using dots and dashes. So, okay, we're going to try it with one means dot and zero means dash. And if that's nothing, then I'm going to switch it. So, this is not valid Morse code, but can be played (laughs) anyway. Okay, now I'm going to try the other way, which is... One 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 zero zero one zero zero one zero zero one 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 zero one one zero zero one. This is not valid Morse code, but can be played anyway. Okay, this meant something to Liz. It is not a palindrome. Well, okay, it is a palin. Okay, <laughs> I've seen the meme. It's from <laughs> it's always sunny <laughs> the in lady with the math. It's <laughs> reflective up to a certain point because the. One 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 zero zero one zero zero one zero zero one one one. Oh, oh! I'm just gonna type that number in. I believe this is a gigantic prime number. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna guess this is a mathematical constant. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna close that because the first five <laughs> options all say Roswell on them. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll wait and see what alien bull this means. <laughs> um, the ending to this episode is 
is a line that has stayed with me for years and years and years. And when mm-hmm. I say line, it's it's from one of Robert Frost's poems where uh, I have miles to go before I sleep. And it's it's she, that Liz found the tickets in the Robert Frost book, you know, uh, keeping the place by that poem. And I just, I thought that was a great way to end it of, you know, because Tara, the guy from Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> is like, what does this mean? And Liz just like looks up like kind of off in the distance and she's like, it means I have miles to go before I sleep. And you know, she is not going to let this go. Mm -hmm. So that is Roswell season two, episode 17. Uh, For those of you that stuck with us for this episode, thank you. Uh, I think everyone is entitled to go do something nice for themselves. Uh, Get yourself a little treat, put some cheese in your raccoon hands if you want. And, uh, you know take care of yourself okay okay so it's symmetrical up to a certain point okay mm-hmm. the first okay. three six nine twelve the first 15 are symmetrical and then mm-hmm. it, there's no pattern for the rest of it okay i'm gonna guess this is some sort of mathematical construct that's named after a demon <laughs> nice all right. Well, again, it's a sad episode. I think it's one of the best ones in season two. Just that's my own personal opinion. It was really good. I did get a good episode for 217 and uh, <laughs> got what I wanted, which is my predictions coming true. But wow, monkey's paw. <laughs> At what cost? At what cost? All right. Next episode is Roswell season two, episode 18. It's too late and it's too bad. <laughs> so Alex is definitely still dead. <laughs> um, but we will try and catch the person who's involved in this. Okay. Uh, well, with that, I'm going to sign off so we can watch the next episode immediately because I love you, Megan. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So just know, I believe in you. I believe in you too. Ready? Ready. Break! Hello, and thank you so much for listening to My Sister Made Me View It, the 1999 Roswell edition. Any snuffling or crunching noises you hear that's my dog yeah we got snowed in today he's been pretty bored so I got creative with his dinner and rolled it up in a towel and had to teach him how to find his own dinner because that's just the kind of dog I have (laughs) anyways like I said got snowed in hope everybody's day is going well and uh you were not snowed in (laughs) Um, again, special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. We appreciate, uh, being able to use that song for all of our podcasts. We currently have another podcast of My Sister Made Me View It Books Edition, and we have covered Way of Kings and are currently on Words of Radiance, the second book of the Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson. In that feed, Megan knows everything about the Cosmere, and I know nothing, and she is being a great host and is leading me through the Cosmere. We also have a miscellaneous feed where we currently have, uh, our miscellaneous feed currently has 
Our flag means death, and we are looking to add The Guest, a Korean horror show, and One to Watch, a book by Kate Stamen London. So stay tuned for those. That's going to be really fun to have up there. In the meantime, again, take some time for yourself. Watch your favorite show, read your favorite book, eat your favorite food, and remember, we believe in you.